I wanted a salad, but now I have a child. The Cabbage Patch Kid panic prepared us for pandemic panic. More Americans were worried about obtaining a kid than the possibility of nuclear annihilation at the height of the Cold War. Priorities. Hello and welcome to the Untitled Gen X podcast. A podcast hosted by two childhood best friends dedicated to the pop culture that raised us. I'm Kate, a writer, a midwife, a current day pop culture know-nothing, but nobody puts baby in a corner when it comes to the pop culture of my youth. And I'm Lori, a writer and pop culture lover who's still not over how my so-called life left us hanging. Every great episode begins with an apology, doesn't it? So here we go. We're sorry if you came here for Can't Buy Me Love. After all, we totally promised it. But we're going to have to ask you to hang on just a little longer because today we're talking about something a little different. Toys. Specifically, Cabbage Patch Kids and the batshit crazy Cabbage Patch Kids hysteria of Christmas 1983. But before we get into it, we want to take a moment and thank the beautiful people of Ireland. The land of my ancestors. Thanks to them, we've reached number three in the film history category on Apple Podcasts in Ireland. Crazy, right? Just a friendly reminder, if you like what you're hearing, we invite you to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We are talking Cabbage Patch Kids. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. I have a sordid history with the Cabbage Patch Kid. Do you? I do. Tell me about yours though. So I just remember that like all of the sudden they were just the thing to have like nothing else in my childhood. Like I know there was the whole Beanie Babies thing that came eventually. Okay. We've lived through enough toy hysteria now in our lifetimes. Like remember Tickle Me Elmo, Burbies, you said Beanie Babies, American Girl Dolls. Like there have been so many since, but I think this was the first time. It made history. Oh, yes, it made history. So I just remember it was like the thing to have and everybody had to have it. And of course, like any other good child of capitalism, I wanted one too. (laughs) I had been marketed to effectively and I needed a Cabbage Patch doll. In 1983, we were six, seven years old. Right. I mean, I know Cabbage Patch Kids appealed to kids of a wide range of ages, but like we really were already the kids that were playing with dolls. So to have the most popular doll was something that we wanted. Right, of course. And so I do remember, this was back in the days of Toys R Us, like my mom going to try and get me one, I think for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And they were out of them. Of course. She was like, oh my gosh, they were out of them. Like, I don't even know what to think. And then- I don't know how this happened. Did it happen by like phone trees? Because there was no email. There were no text messages. There were no (laughs) cell phones. Internet inventory to check. Somehow or other, she found out that they were getting some into the Toys R Us close by. And so she drove down there. Like who, I mean, knowing my mom, she probably like talked to the manager and was like, you need to call me when they're coming in. (laughs) (laughs) And so she went down there and I remember her telling me that there were like, people standing around and like they brought the box out onto the floor like the giant box the case of the cabbage patch kid doll right like on a pallet <laughs> right and like the poor toys r us young adults you know who are working sure, they're like job. high school kids right 
go to open it up and they just got like mobbed by people. Like people were just grabbing them out of the box. And I think that my mom snagged me one. And it was very atypical for my mother to tell me what I was going to get as a gift for Christmas. But I just think that this was so weird that she let me in on the secret. So you got one in Christmas 1983. It must have been. Well, I remember you got one way before I did. In fact, I got one really late. So my mom and dad did not play into this Cabbage Patch bullshit. They had really (laughs) strong feelings about it on principle. I remember specifically my dad saying, they are so ugly. They are so ugly. And I think it was sort of like, I'm not going to work hard to get this thing that is so ugly. And then everyone's going crazy for this thing. And my mom, I actually had a conversation with her about this two days ago. I'm like, tell me my Cabbage Patch origin story. (laughs) I have my own accounting of events. I wanted to know if they matched hers. I said, mom, I was like the last person on the planet to get a cabbage patch. Everyone had one before me. What gives? I had all the good toys, but I didn't have this. And my mom's like, Lori, you couldn't get them. I worked full time. I had a commute. Your dad traveled all the time. We were so busy. We were working all the time. We did not have time to deal with this shit. And that was basically her answer. So my story with the Cabbage Patch Kids and the trauma of my childhood is that I was invited. Oh, no. I know where this is going, and it's tragic. (laughs) You guys, this is a hard one for me. In 1984, I was invited to a Cabbage Patch birthday party where everyone brought their Cabbage Patch. It said on the invitation, bring your Cabbage Patch. So it was this girl, Beth, in my class, and we were friends, and she had red hair. And I don't know what that has to do with anything, except that's really all I remember about her. (laughs) I told my mom, I don't want to go. I don't have a Cabbage Patch Kid. And she's like, Lori, not all the kids have Cabbage Patch Kids. Like, if you have a Cabbage Patch Kid, (laughs) you bring the Cabbage Patch Kid. But if you don't have a Cabbage Patch Kid, just bring a doll. No. I, I can't. I, I cannot do that. Everyone has a Cabbage Patch Kid but me. And I remember my mom telling me, like, I'm on a list. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what else do you I'm want? I'm on a list. Mrs. Lori's mom does not have time to go hang out in the store and stock she Cabbage did Patch it. Kids. She was a busy lady. <laughs> and she's like, you're going to the party. That's ridiculous. Beth with the red hair is your friend. You need to go. Oh. This is this is painful. It, it's hurting me to actually tell it because it's painting my parents, uh, specifically my mom. My I love my mom. She's the actual greatest. The beauty of this story is that it like so captures this moment in time because as a full grown adult now, I'm like, your parents were totally right. I can picture your dad sitting us down to have a really logical conversation <laughs> about why this is ridiculous. And like, I completely agree with him as adult Kate. However, <laughs> the young child in me is like, no, you can't go to the Cabbage Patch Kid <sighs> party. 
without a and and it's almost worse to go with another doll instead of just no doll. <laughs> so I had this, you know, debate with my mom, like, no, no, no. The day of the party comes, she's like, grab your doll. And I was like, I don't have a comparable doll. She's like, this one's about the same size as a cabbage patch. Bring this doll. I am dying inside for you right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a doll that had yarn for hair. And okay. it was a doll that was sort of like a um, soft sculpture doll, like mm-hmm. the Cabbage Patch dolls. So in a way that almost makes it worse. Because it was like a pretend <laughs> one. It was a fraud. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like a like a knockoff Cabbage Patch kid. I actually think this was like a doll from Europe. My dad used to go to Europe a lot. So my mom's like, bring this doll. It was Cabbage Patch adjacent. (laughs) It was. It really was. Maybe it was the inspo behind the original Cabbage Patch. So I brought this doll. I walk into the party. I am so defeated. I wanted to actually leave the doll in the car and tell everyone I forgot my doll in the car. Like this is this was what I was thinking up on the way to Beth's house. Anyway, my mom wouldn't have let me forget it anyway, so it didn't matter. So I walk in with this doll and I swear to God, I think I, I must have lied to everyone and told them that I had one, or maybe I just like lied by omission and just never mentioned that I didn't have one. Just a reminder that Lori (laughs) went to Christian school. (laughs) I probably just never spoke a word about it. People just assumed I had one. Right. If you don't say anything, they'll just assume. (laughs) So I walk in with this like, you know, bullshit other doll and everyone's like, where's your cabbage patch? And I was like, um, my mom's on a list. And I just got the sorriest pity looks from everyone. I mean, everyone at the party had one. I even think a couple little boys had them. And I spent the rest of the party because it was really cute. Like Beth with the red hair, her mom like set up this like little station with your cabbage. There was like interactive, like fun birthday shit with your doll. And like, I spent the party kind of in the backyard, like in the corner, not wanting to participate because I was embarrassed by my doll. I mean, I finally got one. I got two. I got a girl and I got a boy. But I mean, it was like whenever they were finally like readily available or the list, my mom got the call for the list. It came in. But I mean, at the time, these dolls were selling for $25. Okay. I mean, that was like the manufacturer's suggested retail price, MSRP. But like, you know, on the black market, these things were going for hundreds of dollars. Yeah. You could not get them. And the origin story of the Cabbage Patch Kid is just as crazy as what happened in Christmas 1983. Do tell. This all started in 1976, the year we were born, Katie. Oh, yes. Yes. So 21-year-old art student Xavier Roberts rediscovered needle molding. This is some sort of sculpture with fabric. And he created his first soft sculpture dolls, and he called them Little People. They had soft bodies and large thumbs. I don't know. That's how I saw it described. Two years later, you know, he was making all these dolls. He began exhibiting his Little People originals at like arts and craft shows. And people were like really loving them. He came up with this idea of an adoption fee. We're not going to call these things dolls. They are children. 
And people were like, yeah, I'll pay 40 bucks to adopt this doll. Sure. Or this little baby, whatever. And Xavier would like always correct anyone who referred to them as dolls. He would tell them like, no, no, no. We call them babies or kids. Like that was big with him. That's really interesting. Like I'm trying to picture myself now as like a shopper out at some crafts fair and being like, oh, this is a cool doll. And somebody being like, it's not a doll. It's a baby. And I'd be like, oh, okay. (laughs) I don't know. Like Maybe not. Maybe I'd be like so enamored with it that I'd be like, sure. Yeah. I don't know. But these things started selling. And just a few years later, he was getting like national attention. There were articles about him. He was on the cover of magazines. And this was before like random things went viral on the internet, right? Like you had to have the press interested in telling this story. Absolutely. I mean, how else do you spread the word, right? Right. In 1982, licensing agent Roger L. Schlafer acquired the exclusive worldwide licensing rights to The Little People and changed the name to Cabbage Patch Kids because Fisher Price already owned the name for the toy category. He signed up Coleco Industries as their master toy licensee. The Cabbage Patch Kids toys obliterated sales records as the most successful new doll in the history of the entire toy industry. Yeah, I mean, what a phenomenon. Under Schleifer's control, the Cabbage Patch Kids generated over $4 billion in retail sales of licensed merchandise from 1982 to 1988 in six years, over $4 billion. In like 1980s dollars also. (laughs) You know what? That's a really good point. I didn't even consider that point. You're absolutely right. It's truly unprecedented. It's almost inexplicable. (laughs) And I mean, I loved my Cabbage Patch dolls. So, you know. You know, I did too. It was like, I didn't think they were adorable. Did you think yours were adorable? No, they were ugly. They were kind of ugly. They were like so ugly. They were cute. Yeah. And I remember my Cabbage Patch kid's name was super old timey. And I did not appreciate that. I needed a name like Courtney or Jennifer. (laughs) You know, they were sent to you with their names already picked out and you had to take the oath of adoption. I had one named Rebecca. Did you? Oh, that was the Cabbage Patch with the corn silk hair. Yeah. So I was trying to think about this. Clearly, she was my favorite. I know that as parents, you're not supposed to have favorites, but apparently she was mine because she's the only one I remember. And I know that corn silk dolls came out later. I think they came out in 86. They were called corn silk kids. So yeah, because they weren't babies. Okay. And they had like more natural like hair. It wasn't yarn. And I loved her so much. But I think I also had a regular like original one with like curly yarn hair. I have a really sweet story about my grandma and Cabbage Patch Kids. So my grandma on my mom's side uh, was a very interesting woman. And she was not always known for being the most grandmotherly of grandmothers. Um, She taught us all how to play poker with like real money. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I like her already. And didn't let us win. She was a colorful grandmother. She okay. was, there was never a dull moment in her presence. But one of my girl cousins, their family, she didn't have a Cabbage Patch doll, much like you. All her friends <laughs> had them and she did not have them. And you have to understand that my grandma has like 
I can't even count how many grandchildren and many of them are girls. Uh, and many of us were right around that cabbage patch kid doll age. Right. And so my grandma told my girl cousin, I will make you one, but you can never tell your girl cousins that I did this because I'm not going to make a bunch of them. (laughs) She made her a cabbage patch doll. She made her a cabbage patch doll, like made it look like the cabbage patch kids. And I'm sorry if any of my other girl cousins are listening to this (laughs) and are like, what? (laughs) I want one. But I think it's safe to tell the story now because my grandma passed many years ago. That's sweet. Isn't that sweet though? That it she is. like took it upon herself to make this doll so that one of my girl cousins didn't have to be like you and go to the party <laughs> <laughs> with a pretend cabbage patch kid. I mean, dolls have been in existence since forever. So what made these dolls so special? Right. Was it marketing? Was it just marketed really cleverly? And like, or was it the origin story, Katie? I mean, I don't, I did not know the origin story until you shared it with me today. (laughs) So I don't think that that was really what drove it. But man, it is, I mean, as origin stories go, like, it's impressive. Well, do we have a treat for you guys? Kate and I have prepared a dramatic abridged reading of The Legend of the Cabbage Patch Dolls. Are you ready to hear this? You know what? Sit back, grab a glass of wine, tuck yourself in, lower the lights. We're going to tell you a little story. Chapter one. Once upon a time, a young Xavier Roberts was playing in the woods when a bunny bee buzzed by his head. He wanted to catch it, so he followed it through the woods where it flew into and out of a waterfall. Xavier was determined to follow. Chapter 2 Xavier discovered a little dry cave behind the waterfall and entered to see millions of beautiful sparkling crystals of all sizes and colors. Xavier followed the bunny bee deeper into the cave. Chapter 3. The deeper Xavier went into the cave, the lighter it got. He went through a tunnel to find bunny bees flying all around, sprinkling magic dust from the crystals onto the cabbages. But these were no ordinary cabbages, but rather lots of small kids and babies sleeping and playing among the cabbages. Chapter 4. Otis Lee, a little boy and one of the Cabbage Patch Kids, walked up to Xavier and offered to shake his hand. He explained that Cabbage Patch Kids are kids and babies of all sizes and shapes that are born in the secret Cabbage Patch. He explained the bunny bees flying all around sprinkle magic crystal dust on the mother cabbages, and that magic causes Cabbage Patch Kids to be born in the cabbage patch. Otis asked Xavier if he'd come to help them find homes, and Xavier promised Otis Lee that he'd build Babyland General, where Cabbage Patch kids and babies can live and play until someone adopts them and takes them home. The end. Oh, Katie, what a heartwarming story. First of all, what's a bunny bee? Uh, is it a bunny with wings? Is it a bee (laughs) with really big ears? I don't know. (laughs) 
But it's fun to say bunny bee, bunny bees buzz. I like it. I don't know who thought up this story. Was this Xavier Roberts? It's a little um, psychedelic. Yes. Babies born from cabbages. Sprinkled with magic dust. There's waterfalls. There's colors. There's bunny bees. There's bunny bees, for God's sakes. I mean, I think it's great fun. I had no idea that that was the story of the Cabbage Patch Kids. I just knew that the kids came from the Cabbage Patch, and I I didn't really know why. But I didn't ask. I just was like, that's okay. And I knew where babies came from, and I knew it wasn't a Cabbage Patch. (laughs) Well, I didn't, and surprisingly... I did not go on to actually think that babies were born from cabbages. So I, that was all right. I I wasn't fooled. (laughs) So did you shared with me a video? Oh God. (laughs) We'll link this in the show notes. This is so epic. So there's this video and it was part of a program called Antenna part of the Australian Public Broadcasting Network. And they actually show a Cabbage Patch kid being, quote, birthed in a store in 1984. Why don't you describe what we get to see in this birthing process? Yes. As a midwife, let me narrate the birth of the Cabbage Patch doll. The scene opens on a cabbage dilated to 10 centimeters. It's a plastic cabbage. It's not real. Okay, sure. If that's what you want to (laughs) say. And the midwife, I've decided she's a midwife. Oh, okay. Uh, She's, she's not a, like a doula. She's a midwife. Well, it wouldn't be within a doula's scope of practice (laughs) to catch a baby. I mean, in America, I don't know about Australia, but, and I don't know about in the eighties. I mean, who knows? (laughs) Anyway, her hands are poised at the opening to the cabbage, but clearly the baby is not yet emerging. So she dips her hands into the cabbage. She gloved. I don't think she is. That's not sanitary. Go ahead. Continue. I think this often about my job that people did my job before there were gloves. Mm. She reaches her hands in. She secures the head of the cabbage patch child and slowly, carefully, helps ease the Cabbage Patch Kid into the world, where she promptly announces that it's a boy, although I'm not really sure how she got that information because there's not much there to go by. Was it a baby? Like, was it bald? Or did it have hair? uh, No, it didn't have hair. So I feel like that's a gender assumption (laughs) I'm not comfortable with. Anyway... She promptly holds the baby by its feet and spanks it on the bottom, which, by the way, I do not endorse. Please do not do that. Okay. And then uh, takes the baby over to a changing table where she lies the baby down. She gets a nappy and places the nappy under the baby and then proceeds to sprinkle copious amounts of baby powder. So much baby powder. And I was like, you know... Talc inhalation is a real danger. (laughs) This is also what I'm thinking. I'm like, you're going to give this to a real child. (laughs) I feel like I used to play with baby powder a lot when I was a kid, like all my dolls and stuff. I feel like that was a thing we did. But yeah, that was weird. She put it all over the doll, the cloth body of the doll. Right. And she was like, oh, it's going to make it smell so nice as if, I mean, well, it did come from a cabbage patch. So I mean, (laughs) cabbage can be a little stinky. I actually think the Cabbage Patch dolls were scented baby powder. 
I think they continue to be scented baby powder to this day. But she does. They still exist. Oh, yes, they still exist. We'll talk about that a little later in the episode. But she does. She she puts a diaper on that baby and she hands it off with a name. Here's your baby. I forget what it was named. Right. Hands it to the little girl. And and the midwife who delivered the Cabbage Patch baby takes this job effing seriously. She's dressed in like a nurse's uniform. She is talking so lovingly and tenderly about this birth experience and the babies and how we have to love them. Right. And I mean, she does acknowledge that like, it's a fantasy and that like, it's fun for people to sort of like really immerse themselves in the fantasy. But then the girl and her mom go and they have to take the oath of like promising to be a good parent. In the YouTube comments on this video, Someone said, when I was a child, I got turned off to these because of the adoption papers. I felt it was too much responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) I can't be expected to love this baby and treat it nicely all the time. You know, it's really funny because my Barbies were in disarray. Like most of them didn't have heads, like some were missing limbs. Like I was not a good Barbie owner. Right. And my Cabbage Patch Kid dolls were like... Because you took an oath. That's the difference. I definitely like delved into the seriousness <laughs> of that. And I took very good care of my Cabbage Patch Kid dolls, uh, which I, apparently I shouldn't call dolls. My Cabbage Patch Kids. Children. Someone else in the YouTube comments said, I wanted a salad, but now I have a child. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, even in that video... Like they were interviewing some like young boys about it. Like, what do you think about the Cabbage Patch Kids? And one of them's like, well, I'd rather have a dog. And the other one's like, I think it's gimmicky. I think it's silly. And one of the kids was saying, this sets sex education back a bit. (laughs) And I was laughing. I mean, this is a kid saying that. I mean, right? right? Well, I think he was there for the birth of the Cabbage Patch (laughs) doll. uh, The cabbage, (laughs) the dilated cabbage. I mean, and but then they were asking people like, do you believe these are real? Like, I don't think anyone believed their Cabbage Patch Kid doll. I mean, I would hope not. Was a baby. I certainly didn't. I mean, I liked to pretend it was my baby, but that's not the same. In an article by Mental Floss about these Cabbage Patch Kids, they said at the time, some psychologists believed that the adoption fantasy really appealed to children who enjoyed caregiving who wanted to take on responsibility like that. There was actually controversy in that some people thought that adopting Cabbage Patch Kids really trivialized adoption. I wondered about that. Like, how does that feel if you're an adopted kid and now like they're equating like adoption with being born in a Cabbage Patch, you know? And it's interesting (laughs) because this still remains today. I mean, Cabbage Patch Kids are still very much available You can go to Babyland General and you can see a baby being born and you can do the full adoption experience there. I mean, this still exists today in a time where we're sort of asking these questions. I mean, back then it was a question mark. And now I think it's just such part of nostalgia that we just kind of overlook it. I had no idea that they still existed. I had a friend who had 
eight cabbage wow. kids. I can still remember seeing them like lined up on our bed. Crazy. I mean, from what I could gather, these were actually hard to get for a while. And I don't know if you knew this, but even though the Cabbage Patch kids were like obviously mass produced, they were all slightly unique. Did you realize that? I, you know, I kind of remember, I feel like maybe that was in the literature that came with your doll. Oh, yes. That, you know, like one might look like this, but like this one has blue eyes and that one has brown eyes and this one has a dimple. They were computer <laughs> sorted. So it was down to like the combination of hair, freckles, and even down to the location of their dimple. Yeah. If they had a dimple at all. Mm-hmm. So I think that was part of it too, is just knowing that your doll is unique or sorry, excuse me, your child, your baby is unique in that there is no other, I, I want to say toy, like it. It's a toy. I, I mean, no offense to the creator. I just. I mean, okay, let's talk about Xavier Roberts. Xavier Roberts took this real seriously. In fact, he named Otis Lee. If you remember Otis Lee, the starring Cabbage Patch Kid of the Legend of the Cabbage Patch Dolls, he named Otis Lee chairman of the board of his original Appalachian Artworks company. And that was his original company where he was making the Little People original dolls. And he would actually travel with this doll who rarely left his side. Clever businessman. Genius. Eccentric doll craftsman. Both. Possibly. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't, as a child, I knew very little of of the creator other than that his name was stamped on the butt. And it was hard to read because it was a signature. And apparently the signature changed. The color of the signature changed by years. Oh, mine were green. I feel like mine was black, which would maybe make sense because I got it so much later. Right. <laughs> but I want to I wanna circle back to Christmas 1983. We were talking about like popular toys and how, you know, if you were a parent, how you would be explaining to your kid, like, we're not going to buy into the frenzy of all this craziness. Right. Because you know, your dad had that conversation with you. Well, okay. So I actually had to have this conversation with my kids over Christmas who were very understanding. They knew, but they want a PlayStation 5 and you just can't get them. They didn't make enough of them. Maybe that was by design, but like my kids want it so bad. And I sat them down and I'm like, look, let me be real. You're not getting a PlayStation 5 for Christmas. They're like, we know. I'm like, no, I'm not playing games. Like, I'm not telling you you're not getting one to like psych you out, to surprise you. Like, it's not happening. It's 100% not happening. Because I knew parents who were, I mean, in the age of the internet, right? Like, you have a lot more bandwidth to try to secure something like that. But I mean, I know people that were reaching out to folks in Canada and having it shipped and, you know, driving all over creation and or... You know, this thing, I don't know, supposedly retails for like 500 something dollars and people are selling it on eBay for like three times as much and people are buying it because it's a matter of supply and demand. But in Christmas 1983, according to timeline.com, by October 6th, so we're talking about the fall of 83 here, by October 6th, early fall, Coletco said all 2 million dolls it had manufactured were gone. (laughs) And according to Newsweek, quote, by Thanksgiving, what had been sellouts became the Great Cabbage Patch Panic. Now, Mental Floss said in 1983, a Wall Street Journal editorial asserted that more Americans were worried about obtaining a kid 
than the possibility of nuclear annihilation at the height of the Cold War. Priorities. The stores that were receiving limited supply, they were having major problems with crowd control. They had stampedes, injured shoppers. I mean, there were tramplings. There were broken bones. People were bribing store employees. Like, people were doing crazy things. And there was even... A Kansas City mailman, Ed Pennington, he flew to London in 1983 to get a doll for his daughter because the demand there apparently was a little lower, which again, why did my dad not bring me one home from London? (laughs) Anyway. What gives Mr. Lori's dad? (laughs) Yeah. What's going on here? It was a principal thing. Remember, it was a right. principal yes, thing. Yes, this is true. <laughs> That's the principal. As you were talking about the scarcity and then like how this applied to your kids over Christmas, I was thinking about all of the ways in which the Cabbage Patch Kid panic prepared us for pandemic panic all these years later. 100%. In December of 83, there was an editorial in the Post Standard that asked what all of this hysteria says about humanity. They said, quote, which raises the question of how people would react if they were faced with a crisis, like a shortage of food. If adults will attack over so simple thing as a popular doll, what would they do to get the last loaf of bread or toilet paper? I'm adding the toilet paper. Seriously. And now we know. And consumer groups were really pissed at Coletco because they were continuing with their like major marketing push. They were running all these ads all the time and they couldn't produce enough dolls to meet demand. And so these consumer advocate groups were like, what are you doing? Make the responsible choice. Pull the ads. Right. You're just creating more of a frenzy. hysteria. Newsweek said in 1983. It was as if an army had been turned loose on the nation's shopping malls, ravaging the ficus trees, sloshing through the fountains, searching for the legendary stockrooms said to be filled with thousands of doe-faced, chinless, engagingly homely dolls. (laughs) Yeah, it was a thing. It was kind of like the precursor to Black Friday. Mm Mm-hmm. But what was the downside? The ultimate downside was a disappointed kid on Christmas Day. I mean, I get it. I'm a parent. But it's the mob mentality more than anything. It's like the greater the lengths people are willing to... Right, like if I was a really good parent. I mean, I had wonderful parents who gave me everything and I still didn't have a Cabbage Patch Kid. Your parents were like the most sane people in this whole story. Well, okay. (laughs) Even though it was rough on you as a kid. I have my scars. Like, they were right, though. Like, they were right. Mr. and Mrs. Lori's parents, if you are listening, you were right. (laughs) My dad is super famous for saying, and I say it all the time, it's good to want. Right. It's true. Like, it's, yeah, because the truth is, even if you get everything that you want, something else will pop up. Who knows what the next hot toy is going to be? I'll tell you, I will not go to great lengths to get it. This is reminding me though. So my mom also, like when things calmed down a little bit and they were a little easier to come by Cabbage Patch Kids, she bought preemie twins and she bought them to keep them pristinely in their packaging. As an investment? Right. Which as a child is a very hard thing to witness. Oh, yes. (laughs) I was like, but what? You're just going to leave them in your closet in the box, huh? 
Well, Katie, your fingers have destructive oils. Obviously. Well, she wanted them in like all of their original packaging. Mm-hmm. Now, are there things that in their original packaging go on to be valuable? Yes. But I feel like every time there's one of these like big frenzies like this, people do this. They like save them. They don't cut the tags off like the Beanie Babies. You know, people like preserve them, did all this stuff. Mm-hmm. People were like, oh, I'm going to like send my kids to college on these Beanie Babies. <laughs> I don't know. Like, did it, did anybody actually do that? Well, I can tell you, like, if you have one of the little people originals. Right. Okay. Those go for a lot of money, but even Cabbage Patch Kids can fetch up to $7,000 on eBay. Oh, I'm so sorry, mom. You were so right. I apologize. I was looking on their website. They sell hand-stitched dolls. They go for anywhere between $250 to $320 a piece. Their exclusive dolls are $79.99. And then they have a range of other dolls that are 9 inches to 16 inches. And those range in price from $15.99 to $39.99. So it's a lower price point. But yeah, I mean, they sell twins like you were talking about. They sell pets. Do they sell bunny bees? I didn't see any bunny bees. (laughs) Because I really want to know what a bunny bee is now. Yeah, I know. Me too. Newsday.com said that over 130 million Cabbage Patch dolls were born in the last 32 years, averaging one birth every 6.8 seconds. How does that compare to the actual (laughs) birth rate? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I should know this, but I don't. But the Cabbage Patch Kid legacy is huge and far-reaching. A Cabbage Patch Kid went into space. In 1985, Christopher Xavier became the first Cabbage Patch Kid to fly aboard the U.S. Space Shuttle mission. They were Olympic mascots in 92 and 96, and they ended up on a stamp in the year 2000. Babyland General Hospital exists, and it's in Cleveland, Georgia, and over 250,000 people visit it each year. Babyland General was originally an old medical clinic that Xavier Roberts and his friends slash employees turned into a toy store slash adoption agency. And you can go to the new space that they have. I say new. They moved there in 2009. But it says on their website, quote, with thousands of Cabbage Patch Kids throughout the store, you're sure to find your perfect match. Take the oath of adoption and your new baby will give you unconditional love. Well, hell, I'm going to speak an oath over my children to get some unconditional love because I, man, <laughs> what is that all I have to do? Because I haven't been doing it. At a certain point, I very much outgrew anything like that. Like there's some people who even as adults still sort of have like a soft spot for toys and dolls and, you know, their Barbies and things mm-hmm. like that. I very much left that part of childhood. I think we should end in the words of Willa Paskin of Slate's Dakota Ring podcast episode, The Cabbage Patch Kid Riots. She said, The Cabbage Patch Kids actually did start out as an oddball art project. And I think that really is the root of everything that's compelling about them. Why they contain so many sticky contradictions, unique and common, cute and ugly, wholesome and dangerous, a ragdoll throwback and a computerized herald of what was to come. It's outrageous and dark that people fought over these dolls, that people got hurt because of them, that they were ripped out of children's hands, and that they became a showcase for our limitless avariciousness. But all of this bad behavior does make more sense to me than it used to. Those dolls 
They have a lot of freaky soul. Do you know where your Cabbage Patch Kids are today? Um, no. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I think that I violated my oath. <laughs> oh, no. I signed my name to those papers. <laughs> Promise to be a good parent and like love your child forever. I know. And I, my hope is that it went from my home to like goodwill into the arms of a child who really wanted one of these dolls. But to be totally honest, I have no idea. Like, I just know that one day I didn't have a Cabbage Patch Kid doll anymore, and I was totally fine with that. You had outgrown the Cabbage Patch, but while you had your dolls, you loved them and cared for them, so you probably handed off a doll in really good shape. It's true. I don't know where my dolls are either. It's a nice idea to think that there are people that have held on to them because they've cherished them so much and they've passed them down. Yeah. What did you do with your Cabbage Patch Kid dolls? Yeah, we want to know. Are they proudly displayed on your bed? Because that's not creepy at all. Did you keep your oath? Right. Were you a better Cabbage Patch Kid mom than I was? <laughs> did you or someone you know hurt another human being in pursuit of a Cabbage Patch Kid? <laughs> Would you fly to London to go secure one? Did you like your Cabbage Patch Kid's name? Or did you secretly change it? Please, somebody tell me what a bunny bee is. I don't know that we'll ever know. Thanks so much for joining us. We want to remind you to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And just a friendly reminder, you can find us online at theuntitledgenxpodcast.com, where you can find pics of Kate and me before puberty. Check it out. We hope you keep in touch, beautiful people. Bye. Bye. Bye.